Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. Last week, there was a story that I thought really was worth talking about, and one of these international stories of interest, and it's surprisingly uplifting considering where it's coming from, which is the so-called People's Republic of Communist China. And, uh, of course, we did see some fairly good news coming out of China over the last several weeks where there were major protests within the last couple of months there uh, to go against the various different COVID restrictions. If you've been listening to the show, you know that uh, China had what they called the quote-unquote zero COVID policy, and that's what led to Shanghai and other areas of China being locked down for months. Weren't and it didn't. billions of people locked down? Or at least like well, hundreds of millions? Yeah, millions of people for sure. I mean, just Shanghai alone was 25 million. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't work. No. Right. Well, it didn't work because the numbers of COVID kept happening despite the fact that they were literally throwing people into quarantine camps, building tremendously large quarantine camps. I mean, this is one of the scariest parts is they, they have these quarantine camps now and they are able to use them for whatever reason they want to. so I thought the thing with China was that their, the camps they had constructed were like very temporary, very rough, very thrown together and within 10 yeah, or 15 days. That's they- weird, though, because like I've heard stories since way before COVID-19 was a thing, like, I don't know, in 2015, from like conspiracy theory type places that were saying like, what is this ghost town that china's government just constructed in the middle of nowhere like why did they oh, create why did, I know are they just about the cities using, yeah the they full just size cities yeah like a whole bunches of apartments and it's like yeah that was a really interesting thing that was like what a, seven or eight years ago or something like that it seems like now at this point why they, didn't they just use those well why did the u.s construct mock villages and towns and cities it was to test weapons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i suspect the Chinese government had the same reasons. Well, the the villi- the, uh, the cities that they were talking about, if I recall, because we did cover them here on, on Free Talk Live, was like just central planning to the extreme. So essentially China built cities expecting that they could like make them into something sort of without any natural uh, oh, growth. Some bureaucrat in China just had never played The Sims before and was like, I'm going to play Sim City, but with like real <laughs> yeah. people. It right. seems like... That is the government excuse, and the real reason would be more nefarious. Could be. I don't know whatever became of those cities. I wonder if I they no did idea. use them during COVID. Maybe we just didn't hear about it. We, I don't know. Maybe they're still sitting there empty. I have no idea. But uh, the cities weren't build, built like the COVID camps were for total monitoring, total lockdown. They, they literally mm-hmm. just built cities expecting that, well, if you build it, they'll come, right? So like they figured they would turn these new it properties. It worked for Kevin Costner. Which movie? Uh, the one where they said, if you build it, they will come. What was the name of that movie? I don't know what that's from, actually. Uh, was it the baseball one? Yeah. What, was that where that yeah. quote came from? Uh-huh. If you build it, they will come. But I, I, I cannot forget. That's it. Thank you. Yes. I didn't oh, see I it. See it. I, so I, yeah, I, don't I haven't seen this since it. I was like four, maybe five years old. But yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. where that quote came from. Huh. Well, it didn't work out, I don't think, for those, those cities. But that wasn't the sto- uh, story here. So again, they had uh, the COVID restrictions. They were the worst, at least... That we were aware of as far as worldwide in the U.S. they would have those sort of temporary hospitals that they would set up or the temporary uh, outside areas. They'd one, could, they had one here at Keene. Yeah, where like you could drive through and get a test or drive through and whatever. And no one went to these things. Very few people actually utilized these in the United States. Uh, China, they literally have apparently bodies lined up in the streets. 
I mean, well, just, they tried that the same nonsense here in the United States as well, showing us, you know, uh, morgues that were just filled with bodies and trucks that were filled with rotting corpses. That they, they did sort of try this in the yeah. United States, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. No play. one took it seriously. Yeah, it didn't get it. It didn't get any play. And so the weird thing is, is like this China lockdown channel seemed to be very anti-lockdown when I first started reading it, and now it's just constantly showing alleged evidence of massive COVID So they're just anti-Chinese government and will post whatever makes the... They will just take whatever position makes the Chinese government look bad? Yeah, I mean, that's one way hmm. you could uh, you could see this, I suppose. Or maybe they're just posting the things that are supposedly COVID deaths, but you're supposed to use your own like thinking, critical thinking skills to imagine maybe there are other reasons for suddenly a bunch of people dying. Like, yeah. you know, they could have destroyed everyone's microbiomes spraying some weird thing all over Could everything be. and yeah maybe they're just so of sunlight. Weak. yeah I yeah mean, that's another good point bonnie because maybe people's immune systems are so weak because they did lock down you know the, the people in China, been a part of two years right at least yeah especially with the, the zero covid stuff in the last year i mean these people have been seriously more inside than than anyone else in the united states has that's it, for sure it's not just like a hippie dippy like trendy word to say that your microbiome is destroyed so you can't uh you know your immune system is messed up because literally your microbiome is more than your own cells as far as your immune system like the germs quote-unquote that live in your intestine and the rest of the places they live in your body they fight for your life more than any of you don't even have enough cells if you didn't have any microbiome for an extended period of time like you would get a disease and you'd probably die so being inside hurts that. Yeah. And, you know, not exposing yourself to different people, different things. And also, you know, if they sprayed some kind of like disinfectant on everything, mm -hmm. it would just be killing every germ it touched. You know, it reminds me of what uh, Ron Paul said at the very beginning of uh, in 2020 when this thing started happening, when COVID was really scaring people. And they were telling people to stay inside and, you know, don't have contact with people. And Ron Paul was saying that's the opposite of what you should be doing. You should be going outside. You should be getting sunlight. You should be interacting with people so your immune system stays strong. So maybe that's what's going on. Like, there's not a lot of context with these, with the footage or the imagery of people allegedly, like, crowding into morgues, ca like, coffins, rows and rows of coffins, like, all kinds of like, extreme. imagery that seems really, really intense. And so, you know, they're not, they're not coming right out and saying, bring back the lockdowns, but on the other hand, it's like... A lot of people would say that, right? Like when, oh, see, see, you guys, you guys got rid of the lockdowns and now everyone's dying. See? Well, you need to have the police to do something. I guess. So apparently there's now a nationwide ban on fireworks in cities, according to Radio Free Asia. This seems strange. Do they just arbitrarily do this? I don't know what their reason was, but uh, if you live in a city and you're in China, apparently it is illegal. Maybe people started shooting off fireworks in celebration that the lockdowns were over and they wanted to squash that. Could be. I mean, that's just a speculation. But uh, the Chinese people are not in the mood to obey <laughs> right now. And that is what I love to see happen with uh, these folks. They're not... They are openly defying these fireworks bans to the to, to the point where literally there's footage of police cruisers like rolling up on the the scene right like the cops are actively enforcing this people are getting targeted they're being arrested for shooting off fireworks seems excessive uh, in cities 
And so kudos to these guys. Uh, according to the story here, crowds in the central Chinese province of Henan attacked and overturned a police vehicle late Monday. Not, not today, but this was last week. While social media posts showed residents in other cities setting off fireworks in defiance of the orders. Revelers on Hong Daiwan Square in Henan's Lui County, quote, deliberately vandalized a police car, causing chaos at the scene, said police in a statement on the standoff, which it said took place at around 11 p.m. local time. Six people were arrested. Several video clips of the incident were uploaded to social media that showed people jumping onto a police car and another man in a Balenciaga jacket displaying the police car license plate that he'd ripped from the vehicle to the surrounding crowd. I love it when governments around the world realize that it's not just democracies and republics that require the consent of the people. It doesn't matter how big your country is or how big your government is. If your people don't consent to it, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Yep. If the Chinese people really want to revolt against the Chinese government, the Chinese government's done. It doesn't matter how tyrannical they are, how oppressive they are. There's a billion and a half of them. You're done. That, it happened in uh, Canada, too, with the trucker protests. They yep. had to roll back a they lot sure of did. Um, COVID restrictions. And, and they acted like, oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with the trucker protests. We just protest. wanted to do it. Yeah, we were going to do it anyway. Yeah, China was going to do it anyway. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You believe that, right? <laughs> But no, that's definitely the big takeaway here is even the most tyrannical governments of the world still rely on the quote unquote consent of the governed. If enough people refuse to go along with the program, if enough people refuse to be locked down, if enough people refuse to obey the fireworks ban, if enough people refuse, you fill in the blank, whatever the government prohibition, whatever the thing is, if people are willing to go to jail for the thing that is being prohibited. If enough of them are willing to, they cannot enforce it. They simply don't have the jails. Now, that said, China certainly does have more jail space now in the form of these quarantine camps. If they wanted to, they could lock up all these these fireworks people. They've been doing it to the weaker Muslims for years. That's true. So it's not to say that they couldn't, but they also risk um, alienating even more people. Right. I mean, that's exactly it. If they have a billion and a half population and they have a billion people or 500 million people processing, which is more than they're ever going to get, but a third yeah. of their population, right? If they kill those 500 billion or th- 500 million or throw them in prison or whatever, they're just going to make very angry the other billion people. And if they do the worst and they kill 500 million people, they've got no one left to roll over. Well, yeah. And you have no economy left. Right. right. Well, like yeah. Kill- there's, I mean, there's the, you <laughs> know, going to work there's the financial aspect of it. But the reality is that for a ruler to be a ruler, they have to have people to roll over. It does them no good to kill the entire population. Political commentator Wang Jan said the fireworks were a deliberate act to defy the ban and came after people saw the government's response to the white paper movement in late November against strict antivirus measures. Quote, people across the country are violating the ban. Fireworks are banned in all cities, but are being set off everywhere. Spontaneous street protests across China in late November saw some people holding up blank sheets of printer paper and others repeating slogans calling for an end to the zero COVID policy. That's why they call it the the... white paper. Yeah, what did it represent? Why? I'm not clear on that. Hmm. Uh, It was just something that could be done, right? Like it's something that's easy to duplicate. Oh, just grab a sheet of paper. And hold that up, and now you're part of our protest, right? Like, you don't have to go buy some flag or whatever. I guess, but right? it has to have some sort of meaning. It probably does. I just am not aware We're gonna of, look uh, into of it. what that is. 
So, uh, according to the story here, they were calling for an end to the zero COVID policy, which they got. And they got in relative short order. And for Xi Jinping and the ruling Communist Party to step down and call elections, which they didn't get. While others held vigils for the victims of a lockdown fire in Xinjiang's regional capital, Urumqi. It's another revolution, said Wang, or at least passing on the torch lit by the white paper movement. The Chinese have learned that they can use protests to get what they want, which is a huge improvement on the way things were. So this comes back around to the discussion we were having before our uh, bottom of the hour news break. And that is, what is the difference between a completely ineffective protest, which I would say 90 plus percent of protests are ineffective at changing things i've always said that you know I, I support them as far as them being good networking occasions you can get out there you can meet people you've never met before and then go you know do other things together into the future so i'm not going to say they're worthless but as far as getting the government to to behave differently it seems like most of them at least in the united states are completely useless and bonnie you were talking about the black lives matter as an example of this so it was so many people and it could have been, you know, a lot bigger of a deal. But when I got there, it was just people basically saying that it was just like people saying it was like kind of anti-white without anybody straight up saying it. Not anti-cops. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. nobody was saying I mean, it was just like and I'm, I'm just getting that from some of the speakers. Like people just went up and started like stood on top of cars and started talking and they just started saying like, oh, my whole life um, as a minority, I've been it's time to stop being oppressed and I was just like, okay, but it's like nobody is talking about the cops here. They missed and the message. They missed the me- they missed the message, and it seemed like it got. I, I thought that it was like take- taken over and twisted because that's not what mm-hmm. it was advertised as. In Manchester, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, the, it was a larger event. Obviously, Manchester is a bigger city. Uh, the speakers weren't as good as you know I thought they were in in Keene, but they were still largely anti-police. They didn't go to a racist place there or anything like that. And then what happened in Nashua, they went to a big park in Nashua and uh, they had like a stage because everything else was just kind of in a park, somebody with a megaphone, you know, or like a PA system that they brought in. But in Nashua, they had like the government park where they had permission to be on the stage. And Hmm. like that was kind of suspicious. And then they started talking. And the people they had talking at this one weren't just people who had been abused or by the system or they knew somebody who their brother or whatever had been killed by the cops or what you might have seen at the previous ones. This was like city councilor, the mayor, oh, of, the mayor of Nashua. People whose opinions I don't care about. People a who state control senator. the cops and tell the cops to arrest peaceful people every day. Yeah, a state senator, a state representative, the police chief himself. Was speaking at this event, and I said, Wait. you know what, this has jumped the shark, this thing is over, they have completely co-opted Black Lives Matter in New Hampshire at this point, and that was the end of it. it that was the it, end. It, it sort of was, but I seem to recall, not long after that, there was an additional Black Lives Matter protest in Keene. Was spearheaded by someone completely different, hmm. and they marched up and down Main Street uh, with, with police escorts. Oh yeah, wow. mm-hmm. I had forgotten about this. I happened to be yeah. on Main Street at, at my I job at the you time. Told us you saw it happening, and I saw this happening, and it, it, it just seemed so counter to everything yeah. the anti-police movement was supposed to be. Because don't get it twisted, people. Black Lives Matter is and has always been an anti-police abuse movement. 
it's been co-opted by there, there's 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 some commies that right. are running the organization yeah. but that's different from the movement right and there's people out there who who weaponize it in bad directions to take it to a racist place and stuff like that but it at its heart it's a police accountability movement mm-hmm. for that movement to work so closely with the police and their protest yeah. it's just not right so that, nope. that first protest, that was the organic grassroots one that we saw here in Keene. And then after that, the, I, I don't know, the moneyed interests came in. I don't know who is responsible for doing this sort of thing, but mm-hmm. some, some outside factors, um, outside influence came in and changed the nature of the protest. It sure did. So that's another great example of how the takeover happens. And this is, I think, why U.S. protests never have the staying power, like the Canadian truckers. Uh, like the the folks in China that are protesting there right now, where they got what they wanted. The Canadian truckers got a rollback in the... I mean, they may not have gotten everything they wanted, right? Like the Chinese people wanted to have Xi Jinping step down, right? Okay, he didn't do that. The Communist Party didn't say goodbye, but they did undo the COVID restrictions. So they got something. It's what? because the in the United States, the media is so controlled and in lockstep with everything the government wants them to say. But that's true in China. The Chinese yeah, but- media is state-run. Yeah, but at this point, they just they realize who the enemy is, yes. and they get, they're not going to listen to that like openly government operated media. They're, yeah. they're past a pushing point, but here it's like more hidden. The common person doesn't even know about the Twitter files and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, maybe not the common person, but I would say like more people don't know about you know media corruption than do or care. They just don't care. Sure, or media appears to be independent in the so, United States when it in fact is not. In another clip posted to Twitter by constitutional scholar Zhang LeFan, a young woman is shown setting off rockets using a launch tube in the northern port city of Tianjin. Quote, the police came to stop them, but they didn't listen, and everyone set them off, he commented. So are you going to do anything? Reads the text added to the video. No, because you can't do anything. There are fireworks going off everywhere. And I think that's an intent. They're saying that to the government, right? Like they're saying, we have so many people doing this. You don't have enough cops to stop us. That's so cool. Hinan Current Affairs commentator Li Fatian said Hinan is part of a, China, a part of China that likes traditional celebrations and we're likely letting off steam after three years of rolling lockdowns, mass tracking, and compulsory testing under Communist Party leader Xi Jinping's zero COVID policy. Quote, zero COVID went on for three years, so it's pretty clear that the lockdowns across the country, large-scale unemployment, and the inhumane enforcement methods of recent years have caused a lot of anxiety and shortness of temper. He said further, there's a lot of hostility in society. He also said that directed at the government that caused this, man. In the right place. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're Three doing. Three years of you know, these COVID lockdowns, that's insane. He said further, now the government suddenly removes all restrictions and people still fear dying from from this virus, so maybe they need to do this as a way of venting, he said, adding that more protests are likely in the coming year. He says we've reached what Is you might trying call to say that because people are afraid of getting COVID without zero COVID policies that they're protesting, because that seems like a silly spin. Wait, say that again. Is he trying to say just read the last sentence again? Is he trying to say, oh, people are protesting with these fireworks because, well, there's no more zero COVID and people are getting COVID. So they're mad about that. They're venting about that. I think some of them are probably still afraid. I mean, if you look at the pr- the propaganda going on now with uh, all of the people dying allegedly from COVID now in in China, who knows whether that's true or not. My or point is just this on. reporter or whatever seems to be trying to say that that's why they're doing the 
fireworks, and it just doesn't seem likely to me. Well, if they were terror, I, I agree. If they were terrified of COVID nineteen and the possibility, they of, wouldn't be outside, right? Yeah, around. they wouldn't and, be around. And why would they be doing anything to fly in the face of the government? They'd be like, people need to listen to the government, you know, something like that. You know, seems. He said, "We've backwards. reached what you might call a tipping point." In Nanjing, people let fly balloons in the eastern city of Nanjing on New Year's Eve, where a large crowd gathered around the bronze statue of the 1911 revolutionary leader Sun Yat-sen to release balloons in honor of his memory. I'm not sure why they're telling us about balloons in this story, but that's basically uh, that. Oh, somebody else says there's a uh, sea change in people's hearts with this commemoration when the Chinese Communist Party can no longer guarantee that everyone's life will improve nor guarantee a livelihood to many people, then people will start to challenge it because what right does it have to remove your political rights? He said further, the Communist Party has broken the social contract so they don't have to obey it anymore. We got somebody on the line here. Uh, he says his name is Ryan. And Ryan, where are you calling yes. from tonight? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And you said uh, you had some sort of thing in regards to Donald Trump a banana peel had something to do with Epstein. This was last year, and I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So can you uh, try to clear that up okay. for me? I will try not to lose my PTSD. I've done four and a half years prison with all charges dropped, and I did three of those years in isolation. Yikes. I got out 10, 10 days after Donald Trump got out of office. All charges dropped, flown on two commercial flights home from isolation. Okay, Whoa. they had to change my diagnosis to PTSD from doing so much isolation. The people at Butner FMC, which is a mental prison, finally changed my diagnosis. This is federal? To, yes. Okay. And they were saying I was schizophrenic so they could block all the evidence. Now, I've been saying for 25 years, even more, that I've had people from my high school stalking me. I just found the evidence that 96 video kids... Fourth of July party ninety six. That's me taking the video. And it's how do you know that? Well, I know I remember. I mean, it. if you were there, but I, no, but I thought his that. memory got wiped. So. Well, he, he didn't say that yeah. on the air. We hadn't gotten to that part yet, Bonnie. So I guess yeah. we're gonna find out about that. So my memory was wiped, but the thing is, whenever I rewatch it, I, I start re-remembering it, and that was twenty five years ago. So it, all right, well, okay, slow down. Is, so we've gotten way deep here. Uh. You're no. just trying to understand what's going on. So let me see if I'm going to try to go back here. Uh, you were in prison, in federal prison. You were released two after years four years, you said. Well, in two different stints. I threatened Governor Susana Martinez, who in that video, the Jmar that they keep yelling, who's around the corner telling everyone I'm the worst human on earth. See, they I, I graduated a billionaire at 18, but they diverted the money like Britney Spears. To Donald Trump and Susana Martinez. You graduated a billionaire? Hold up. How did you yes. how are you a billionaire at age eighteen? Okay. Whenever Jobs Wozanowski and uh Steve Jobs, Wozanowski and Gates, they they had a shop out here in nineteen eighty eight. This is where the computer started. So I walked in after a soccer game and the guys had hard drive and they had RAM. They said, All right, kids, apparently you're a real smart kid. Which one of these should we use? Hold on. This one holds more. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So wait. I, Ryan, Ryan. So I got the patent for the Ryan. hard drive and memory connection. Okay. So you're trying to say, and how old are you? I'm 43. You're 43. And, and this was in the 80s? This is very important, yes. Hold on. I'm just trying to follow you here. So you're saying Steve Jobs, the co-founder of, I believe, Apple Computer? 
Yes, and Bill Gates. And Bill and Gates, the co-founder of Microsoft, or the founder of Microsoft, two competing mm-hmm. companies. You're saying that in Albuquerque, New Mexico, your hometown, that these guys had a shop together. You, you guys haven't read the book or seen the movie? I don't know what movie. movie. What, what movie? To. Well, you can, you can look it up. I mean, in any of them. I mean, sure. What movie? Well, I don't, I don't know the name of it, but okay. Jobs was in a movie. Can I offer you? Can I offer my opinion? What? I, I think you should get them to change your diagnosis back from PTSD back to schizophrenic. <laughs> it's it's the videos right there, bud. There's yeah. no person in. Apparently, the- Bill Gates did start Microsoft in Albuquerque. Yes, you guys. Come on. <laughs> okay, so that I'm not saying true. he did it, man. Well, the but... thing is, like with my sister who has some kind of uh, something wrong with her where she denies reality, if something, if there's a fact that is actually true, she'll roll with that one. She'll be like, so I Whoa. went to, uh, Damon Albarn looked at me while I was at the concert. He was worried about me, and he was the wondering, problem. he thought it was cute. Like, so it's not impossible that okay, Damon Albarn okay. looked at her, but well, her brain rolls with these other you. things. Well, that's fine. But now, if that says it was filmed in Tacoma, Washington, that's to lead us to believe it was filmed there. But if the guy with the Michigan hat on is John Kiner, which it is because I was there, I remember having an altercation with him. He was trying not to play the game. I was like, what? What, punk? You're not going to say anything to me? Because that was edited out. He was trying not to play what game? He To, like, pretend that – see, I was walking around with blood on my face, and no one was helping me. That's you didn't get so you. You're walking around with a video camera man. with blood on your face. And you didn't turn around and be yeah. like, "Look what these people did to me." That's what I'm doing, but it's all edited out. All, oh, the, all they did was see. edited in the 16 minutes. That's it's all part of the, the conspiracy, Arya. That's no, what you're not I, understanding. The thing about a YouTube video is you can't just edit you guys, a YouTube video and leave it like people, that. At the end of that party, I beat three people so bad that it's it's not good. Thomas Teller was one of them. It's definitely not he good when you beat people. School. Violence is always bad. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, all right, so Ryan, I, 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 we're, we're short Thank on time for this conversation. Hey. It's gone on probably way too long, I'll but it is, it, is an interesting, uh, it is an interesting look into what somebody believes happened, whether or not that actually um, happened. It's hard to it's say because you don't have a lot of evidence, reward. right? The huh? risk-reward to look into it. The video is clearly me. I mean, the <laughs> there's the camera person is never seen, so I don't know how you expect us well, to say no. it's clearly you. And that's even the worst thing in the warehouse video. It is seen, and that's whenever I went in the bathroom. But they mixed the bathroom okay. into the warehouse. Why do I need to watch why... this video if you say the thing has been edited of all the parts that you say are the most important? Because it's still important. Why? It's a bunch of people partying three days ago. Is Jared and, uh, Kushner uh, visible in the video at any time? He, he was, but they edited out. Yeah, so he's not anymore. All of the parts, you keep telling us about all these parts of this video that are so important, no. and they've all okay, been edited go to, out. Go to, I think it's 1405, and you'll hear them yell, Jamar. Now, I'm sitting there talking to those two attractive girls, and that's where that thumbnail picture comes from. Now, that's because those were KKK princesses. And the second they were yelling, Jamar. J- listen, listen. <laughs> Jamar's around the corner. Who's Jamar? My friend, Jason Martinez, who's Susanna Martinez's nephew. Susanna Martinez is working with Jeb Bush 
getting $1.25 trillion away in Florida. And you mentioned... Okay, hold on. If they got $1.5 trillion, why are they worried about your billion? Florida doesn't have $1.2 trillion to give away. Their budget last year was $100-something billion. It's a charity. It's not that big, He's working with Jeb Bush. Okay. But you mentioned this Martinez character. In the 80s, too. A trillion dollars in the 80s. You said you allegedly threatened the governor of New Mexico, and that's why they put you in prison? Yes. Who is this? Did you do that? Oh, yeah, back in 2013. I find uh, crazy to be pretty fascinating sometimes. Like, just, I want to go down the rabbit hole and see where, I mean, it's never going to go anywhere, right? But to just kind of see where in their mind they're coming from, where does this come from? I mean, when we can have a dialogue with them like we could with Ryan? mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating insight to how the human mind can work. And scary fascinating like frightening kind of fascinating i mean because that could be any one of us yeah well it could be and also this person is is clearly somebody who you know allegedly threatened a governor over whatever belief systems that uh that he has now maybe that's story's not true too but i suspect it probably is and if nothing else what did he say he spent three years in isolation Mm -hmm. isolation that's not going to help isolation can destroy your sanity for for small periods of time but three years yeah if he was a little bit crazy before he went into isolation for three years guaranteed there's no turning back at that point i mean that is torture generally considered to be torture to keep somebody away from other human beings and that's what isolation does to you so, very, very scary stuff. Uh, I did look, by the way, to see if Wozniak has any connections to Albuquerque, because I was surprised, right? Like, to Who's find Steve out Steve Wozniak? I've heard the name before. He's one of the co- um, co-founders of Apple Computer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, he mentioned Steve Jobs. He mentioned Steve Wozniak. Those are the two, I believe, two of the founders of Apple. And then, of course, Bill Gates, uh, the founder of Microsoft. So, I was surprised to find out that that part was true, that Bill Gates actually founded Microsoft apparently in Albuquerque, but I don't see any evidence here, at least at, at a first glance. Yeah, did he still code from some camp? That, that was in Washington, the state of Washington, I think. I don't know. I, we learned all of this, the history of personal computers when I was in you know junior high and high school, but I don't remember any of it. I, I'm sure I learned that he was in Mexico at some point or New Mexico at some point. But you know, the reason I was curious about his memory hard drive thing was because I, I you know, have a degree in, in IT, IT, and I did IT work for the better part of 10 years. I have a pretty good understanding of memory and how it functions, but I couldn't gain anything. It's not like he didn't say anything that was sense. wrong. Yeah. It was just useless. Like, have this memory taught to the other memory. Like, okay. Okay, you're eight years old, dude. And yeah. why wouldn't those two people who were asking him the question already have figured that out? It seems it's kind of simple, right? Yeah, it's a ridiculous. Well, I've had some really... Both. I never thought about that yeah. you know <laughs> i've had some really boneheaded moments where i'm like doing something in my studio with a guitar or whatever and someone comes along and says why don't you just cut the knot right instead of trying to unravel this great yeah. confusing thing just take this and plug it into that and oh duh solved yeah, yeah. go ahead major yeah that last caller sounded like quite a firecracker <clears throat> he's got well, a, he's something. got a story to tell whether it's whether you know right, how much right of it's true i don't know well i'm right back to china um, if you look to antiquity, they invented gunpowder. Yeah. The Persians were the first ones to even figure out how to use it in a grenade, you know, an explosive factor. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I think China is finally 
fixing to swallow its own M80. What does that and, mean? Well, they're, they're going to have their own firecracker stuffed down their throat by their own people. Hmm. Yeah, people are uh, getting tired of being told what to do over there. You're referring to the first hour of the show where we talked about the fireworks protest, where people are going, they're out in the streets, they're launching mortars out into the air, they're driving, launching mortars out their sunroof <laughs> sunroof window uh, in a major show of disobedience to these fireworks bans that are across the country. realizes, finally, because the Chinese never could figure out how to um, contain the power of the powder in the rifle or the cannon, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're they're finally figuring out that hey, I can empty out these firecrackers and put it in a piece of half inch pipe and make me a zip gun. Well, I don't know and, if they're uh, they're I don't think their intention is to I use them for just do firecrackers can arm themselves. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that uh, maybe there's some of them that have that intention. At this point, they're just partying and they're throwing, you know, they're they're shooting off fireworks into the into the sky. You're saying you think they could turn them into weapons? I think what they're doing now is more um is pow- more powerful than just killing a cop or whatever. Because it's not like Xi Jinping is going to walk up to them and then they're just going to get to blast a firework in his face and it's all going to be over. Um, it, it's more powerful to be sending a message and telling the cops you can't stop us. It's all over the country now i mean i think that it's better for them to just be you know being defiant and fireworks are loud and they're they're bright and they're colorful and they're hard to hide if you want to get someone's attention and tell them that they're not alone in their protest shoot off some fireworks you can the government can't hide that the way they could some of these protests Mm -hmm. that one it's apparent get some attention yeah you know when your neighbors are shooting off fireworks major anything else you want to share you can take a bunch of kids with bottle rockets and distract the military, and then blow up whatever they're parked upon. They don't know the demon they created, and it's fixing to kick them in the arse. Well, I gotta say, uh, if it takes down the communist government of China, I can't say I'll be shedding any tears over it. Commentator Keen Peng, based in New York, uh, was looking at the situation. He says this, uh, the Chinese people have so much pain and anger stored up from the last three years that a lot of places have erupted under the pressure. He says further, the authorities know very well they have provoked public anger and that it's not just among a minority group, but that it runs right through all of China's cities and villages. Uh, King suggested that the ruling China's Communist Party could even have a superstitious aversion to explosives designed to scare away evil spirits. He said, quote, they say, of course, that it's for reasons of safety or cleanliness, but firecrackers have another meaning, which is exercising evil spirits, and the party knows itself to be evil, wow. he said. I like that take on it. Now, it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's an interesting take, but do they actually, you know... No. Do people in government, how many of the people in government actually think of themselves I think as evil? A lot of them do. Like uh, like saying that they don't is kind of like absolving them of their things they're doing. It's like maybe there is a certain uh, portion that believe like I'm doing the right thing. Like the lower people, the people who are just pencil pushers in the FBI. Yeah, they probably mm-hmm. think they're doing the right thing. But the people in the top like Xi Jinping, how could you possibly believe you're doing the right thing? There's just... N- I can't conceive of that. I think they're psychopaths and they don't care who they hurt to get what they want. Well, and we it's the only explanation, really. 
We can't yeah. conceive of it because we don't like controlling other people. We, there, there's not a bone in my body that wants to control the lives of other people. And I right. suspect the same is true of yeah, you but as he, well. He doesn't just want to control the lives of other people because he wants to make their lives better. He's doing things like killing people. But he thinks that's, that's making everything better. Does he think that killing Uyghur Muslims is making everything better? He seems to. From the... Chinese I think that's just excusing him. What what is what We're is not better? Excusing him? No, I'm not on purpose. But it kind of is. It's the it's the. I've always said that the uh, the argument that you have to break an egg to make an omelet just means to, uh, eventually you're going to be the egg that's broken, right? That's what people like mm-hmm. Xi Jinping believe. Okay, I mean, yes, it sucks. We got to kill some weaker Muslims, but it's to make the whole of society more cohesive. It's to make China more united culturally mm-hmm. and ethnically. Yeah, there's all kinds of propaganda that you know, even people like Xi Jinping or uh, Kim Jong Un, they were raised with this crap, right? Like they've been. This has been hammered into them from day zero. Uh, they've been around and they've been within the communist party they've been hit with this propaganda constantly so like they do be- I think they do believe a lot of this stuff even though it is psychopathy the, the guy probably is a psychopath I mean almost certainly right like government people in those positions you pretty much have to be a sociopath or a psychopath to uh, to seek out positions like that but that doesn't mean they're not justifying their psychopathy right like that they're they I don't know. I have, you have to wonder about that. And will we ever find out what these people truly believe? Probably not. I think they probably most I, I suspect most of them truly believe what they're doing is for the greater good. But human beings know that killing other people is bad. There's just no way around it. If you know that like you touch something hot, it'll hurt you. You realize that burning another person is wrong. And the thing is, like psychopathy is like one percent of the entire population of the world not it's not like everywhere they could only be secondary psychopaths unless they're just it's they're just a really rare anomaly Hmm. but see they don't we don't believe in the greater good they do you are on the air what's your name caller uh jamie jamie calling from alabama yes sir all right what's on your mind yeah uh, i heard about this young athlete that's younger than me in his 20s Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a football player, and he got hit in the chest during the game, and it did something to his heart. He's trying to figure out that it was if it was the COVID shot or not. Oh, was this the football uh, clip from over the weekend or sometime last week? It was yeah, a week or two ago. Yes, yeah, I, I looked it up yeah. and stuff, but they haven't like come out and said it's not like. His hospital came out and said this is what it was or anything like that. Well, but if he's in the NFL, it's almost certainly he's been vaccinated, right? Yeah, he's definitely has to have been vaccinated, but it's just, I don't know. And this guy's in his 20s, as I understand it, correct? He's yeah, like 23. I heard he's like 20-something. I forgot his name, yeah. though, but he's like in his 20s. 20, 27, I think. It's not like normal 30s. for a 23-year-old to just pass out like we've seen, but it's different in this case because he got hit in the chest. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's it cannot be the vaccine. I just don't want to jump to the conclusion and make myself look silly if somebody getting hit in the chest is the reason that well, they passed out. There's plenty of young people who are in sports who are literally dying on the field in so many different occasions. It's shocking how often it's happening in the last couple of years. So, I mean, if that doesn't have anything to do with the vaccine, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say that this is, you know, this is definitely not normal. Yeah, well, everybody was shocked out about it. I mean, on the radio, there's praying over this dude, you know. And he's an athlete. I'm not. So, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of shocking how an athlete in his 20s was, yeah. 
All right. Well, a professional for- athlete at that, like top physical condition yeah. at the top of his field, presumably. I mean, even if you're not the best NFL football player, if you're even in the NFL, you're, you're at the you're, top. Yeah, you're a damn good athlete. And 20 something years yeah. old. Yeah, but, you know, as Bonnie pointed out, he was in a highly physical. Con- There's a reason that so many of these people have brain damage after their careers. For I mean, sure. this is a very physical oh, right. sport. So it's not at all unlikely that he just got hit in the chest in the wrong way. You beat somebody with a sledgehammer in the chest, and eventually they're probably going to have cardiac arrest. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, good point. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, Anything else you want to share? Dude, he was a, a wild <laughs> Was there Why anything you else you wanted to share tonight, Jamie? Summer's guy was a live wire. Who? A live wire. The summer's guy was a live wire. wire. Oh, yeah, the caller. He's crazy. The caller from earlier. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Watch yeah. I forgot his first name already. Good luck to him. I, uh, I I don't know how you... I, I can't even imagine going through life uh, like that. Arya, you found a type of surgery tonight that was a surprise to you, and and you've done a little bit of research on surgeries. You've gone under the knife at least once or so in the last uh, year. Twice. Yeah. As it turns out. Yep. I was going to say, is there like public about that? Some people I didn't want to reveal say. it. I, I appreciate that. I, I assume there was a reason you were. Yeah, I knew you, I, I knew you had mentioned you had had a surgery, but I, you didn't say how many or exactly what. Uh, yeah, I've had two surgeries for anyone curious. I, I have to find. Here it is. Uh, one of them was a forehead contouring, a brow mm-hmm. lift, so to speak, a facial feminization, basically. That that was yep. a simpler of the two procedures. The other is a lawsuit waiting to happen at some Oof. point. Well, I can't, what other recourse do I have, man? Mm-hmm. I had vocal surgery in January of last year, and I did everything I was supposed to do. I quit smoking beforehand. I still have not, still quit smoking. Have not had a cigarette or any nicotine yep. in more than a year. Super proud of Congrats. that. Congrats. We've you. been a year on drinking. Awesome. Yep. I don't know the exact day that I quit smoking because the last cigarette I smoked, it meant nothing to me. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I quit smoking on this day. This mm-hmm. is my last one. I'm like, I legitimately don't know. It was somewhere in December or January. That's all I know because okay. it was meaningless to me. It was just, here's gross the thing I've been doing. It wasn't, well, it was gross, but not, it, it was gross because of the chantix that I was yeah. on making yeah. it more gross. Anyway. So I ended up having vocal surgery as well, and Adam's apple reduction, trachea shaving is what they call it. Sounds super painful when they put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly, the vocal surgery was botched. I I don't know what else to say at this point. Mm. My voice has never recovered, and from what I can tell, it's never going to recover. It certainly isn't feminized. It's it's slightly higher pitched than it was. What do you mean by recover? Like... There's no depth to it. There's no strength to my voice. If someone Mm. breaks into my house and tries to murder me, no one will hear me screaming for help. Because my voice just isn't there. It can't make that volume of noise. Hmm. So, yes, two different surgeries. But the, those were, as I mentioned previously, in the, in the direction of making myself more what I want to be. Uh, feminizing myself, transitioning. I'm trans, as you know, listeners may not be aware. Everyone has something about their body that they don't like. Sometimes it's a minor thing. Sometimes it's a major thing. Right? Like, I don't like my broad shoulders. Not enough to do anything about it, right? Okay. I didn't like my muscles. Not enough to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy that You're we're usually talking- better off being okay with yourself, right. even though you don't might might not like a thing or two, because as you pointed out here, surgery has serious risks. Yes. Right? Anytime you go under the knife, uh, there's there's a risk of death. There like is. Anytime you you have surgery, you can die from the anesthesia being done wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean it's 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 pretty serious. So what's this guy doing? 
So this guy is getting leg lengthening surgery. But as you point out, any any surgery is it's a matter of risk. Like, is this a thing that's serious enough that I'm willing to die to have it fixed? <laughs> that's basically what you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because no matter what the chance of death actually is, there's always some chance of death, especially mm-hmm. for some of these uh, facial surgeries and feminization surgeries like yeah. this one where they they literally cut off my face chiseled away bone and to put my so, face back on right that sounds so crazy so much can go wrong in that yeah so you got to and did didn't you have headaches for months? yeah and i still do and, and there's still two bumps but again oh, loss lawsuits waiting to happen Th- those aren't as big a concern to me as the yeah. voice thing so this guy he's he's short he's five foot two of course he is and i can sit my height I can sympathize with the plight of short people. One of my one of my co- best friends is short. Mm-hmm. I mean, like short, probably five three, five four, something yeah. like that. And one, of, it's tough for a guy. A guy, yeah, it, oh. yeah. It can't it can't be easy, man. When I was like in my early twenties, reading an article about Keira Knightley, who was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, yeah. who, who she was remarking about how she was told by her agent that she wouldn't be able to get the role because she was overweight. Whoa! Wow, Keira Knightley. Who, what, 120 pounds at the most? Soaking wet? It's just insane how people take things in the other direction. Even if she's, like, heavier than that, she's, at least during the, because I've only seen her in Pirates of the Caribbean, she's, like, proportional and nice looking. She's not fat at all. Yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous. Anyway, so he researched, so Abraham researched methods that claim to help a person grow taller. He took powders and pills to increase his height. He played basketball, swam, and jumped. And we've all been there when you don't like something about your party, when you don't like something about yourself, right? As a trans person, I've been there. I was like, okay, I can, this will feminize my face. Let's take it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't do anything or insert whatever cure it's supposed to have. And it does nothing. No. No. I used to hang from a bar minutes before going to sleep almost every night. Man. I used reflexological insoles that claimed to stimulate height increase. <laughs> so, I mean, he wore the little magnetic bracelets, right? Yeah. That was supposed to help heal him or whatever. Nothing worked, obviously, except for shoes with hidden heels that made him up to three inches taller. Okay. But they weren't enough. It was like a false dream. Every time I took off shoes, I was facing reality again. My obsession was getting bigger every day. And I think... Mm. I think it's fascinating how much self-awareness he has about this issue. He knows that his obsession with height was an obsession, yeah. and it was yeah. unhealthy, and it was driving him to do unhealthy, desperate things. Right? Yeah, like people who just think they're ugly and put like way too much makeup on to where it's just like a, a basically like a mask. I think that uh, a lot of the times they, you know, just keep doing it because they want to cover their face up, and maybe one day somebody, I don't know, they just need. Confidence to be told like, oh, you you look good naturally in some way, but they mm-hmm. don't see it basically. But this guy saw what he was doing when he took his shoes off. So after two rounds of leg lengthening surgery, Abraham added five inches to his height. Was that at me with the makeup thing? No, <laughs> I'm oh. I, I do wear oh. a lot of makeup. So Abraham, is it going to tell us how they do this? I, I hope not, but I, I'm curious about it, right? Because where do you add five inches to someone's height, right? I mean, you got to. Are we grafting bone in or something like that? But what do you know about the muscle? It, it and explains the it, and it's crazy. Because right. I mean, you can't just add five inches of bone because then the muscle right, doesn't reach. Right. So he didn't tell anyone about his first operation in February 2015, thinking they wouldn't understand. He's right. Most people wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. Most people don't have these sort of severe issues with their body. And if they do, they're just like, I can just deal with it. And he said there was two operations? 
Okay. Each of them made him about two and a half inches taller, as wow. it turns out. It made him 2.4 inches taller. When people noticed, he said that he had a bone deformity and needed surgery to rectify it. He had a second operation in March of 2020 that added another 2.4 inches to his height. Hmm. A 2020 review of outcomes of cosmetic limb lengthening surgery found the most common complications were deformation of the newly generated bone after treatment had ended. So are are they using some sort of stem cell technology to grow a person uh, a, a lengthened bone or a bone graft? Or a, a, so That's a good guess, but it's weirder than that. It's weirder than that. Yeah. I think so. And it's in this story? It's in the article. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Because I hadn't gotten that part into it. I just All right. read this and like the gist of it is fascinating of someone who he knows how unhealthy his obsession was and yet he goes on to found his own turkey-based clinic that offers leg lengthening surgery. So instead of being a counselor or a therapist like he's trained to do and help people mm-hmm. work out these issues, he's like, hey, pay some money and make it go away. We go first to Bob. He's in West Virginia. Bob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Uh, Listen, I'm sure a lot of folks haven't heard yet that day before yesterday, President Biden had come out with his recent executive order directing the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, and other departments in his administration to draw up plans on how to move the United States into a cashless society, which means that you would no longer be carrying cash. You'd have a digitized card, and the, and the Federal Reserve would uh, load your card for you, and uh, you would transfer all of your uh, funding to those who work. Let's say the, the kid next door mows your lawn. You're supposed to transfer some of that money to his account, and uh, that's the way you do business. Now, in China... They're saying this is a great idea. You keep hearing about how the Chinese model is the best. Well, in China, they uh, they have social scores. That's mm-hmm. how much money you get or how much currency you get put into your account by what books you read, uh, what you buy, how long uh, you spend playing video games, uh, and all these uh, other uh, partisan uh requirements for getting a good social score or a poor social score. You, there is a, 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 an electrical engineer in, in, in China. He cannot even take a flight on an airplane because he has criticized the government on various points. Right. This is all the reason, more reason that people shouldn't, you know, like these digital currencies because without the digital, I mean, that that's what it's shaping out to be. It's a mark of the beast sort of thing where, uh, if you have a digital wallet with the Federal Reserve or the U.S. government or whatever, and they don't like what you say, they just turn off your ability to use money. Facebook Pay has something very similar, and they wanted something even worse, where like if they weren't happy about what you said on Facebook, bam, there you go. No more being able to send or receive money on Facebook. Similar things with PayPal, right. Cash App, and other competitors to that. The issue exactly. is that we already have... Yeah, we already have a dollar that is like 98, 99% digital at this point. It, we already have a digital currency, man. Well, 61% of all of our, our all of our petty cash, petty arrangements for purchasing stuff is done with cash. But that'll all disappear. You see, once we illegal uh, we we get rid of cash in your wallet, you're going to have to go through the government to buy and sell things. 
Yeah, uh, we, know we already do. I work at a pizza place, man. Exactly correct. And on okay. an average Friday, we do like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars in sales, something like that. Mm-hmm. And what percentage cash? Yeah, usually I have a deposit to make of about three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, That's we're not even doing. We're not even like one percent cash at this point. Yeah, uh, Bob, this is something we've been talking about. Uh, sorry, Bob, we, we just want to let you know. Uh, we've been talking about the so-called central bank digital currency now for a couple of years here on Free Talk Live. Now, when did you say this executive order uh, came into play? This was three. Uh, this was two days ago. Two days ago. And, uh, Where did you hear it? He basically hear ordered the various agencies of government to draw up a plan on how to squire in this new cashless society. Are you sure you're not talking about the one from right? earlier in 2022? Because there was a lot of uh, no, hubbub over that. this one from day before yesterday. Where did you catch wind of this one? This was, I was, uh, I was surfing the net. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I just want to mention that they stopped talking about building that lake uh, when they remodeled that mall. So they finally... What the hell are you talking about, Sarah? She called us previously. Yeah, yeah, like San Antonio Riverwalk thing. Yeah, yeah, they were talking. It's like some big government building project. Oh, they're trying to copy San Antonio. Yeah, build some kind of mall. No, it's not. We don't have. We don't have a river to make like that. It's uh, so they're going to build a lake that that was uh, failing. So they wanted to build a a, like a bar over a lake, man-made lake. Yeah, up towards a way like. I mean, five miles up from the wet. The, the San Antonio one is man-made too. Mm, okay. So the thing is, it's ridiculous, and I think they put a stop to it because we. I mean, this is the. I thought you were a fan and, of this idea. I thought the last time you called in, you were saying this was going to be a big deal for Albuquerque and that it was going to help the, you know, the economy. And wow, now you're saying you think it's a good idea to stop it. Well, here's the thing. I I thought this was a really good idea. I I was sold on it on the news. And then mm-hmm. what happened was I talked to the one of the uh, people, I mean, one of the store owners that lived here for many, many generations, born and raised here in New Mexico. And then he brought up their how selfish they are just hoarding all the water like this. And obviously these people, <laughs> the p- developers are from out of state, like Minneapolis, Lando mm-hmm. Lakes, something like that, where they, where they have the education to build a mall, but they're not. They don't, yeah, you don't have that needed. education down there in uh, New Mexico, huh? People can't build things. You got to have the out of, out of towners come in from Minneapolis. Well, of course. You I just thought you <laughs> left us. I, I just thought you no, left us opposed climate change. What what else would you call this? You're building a, a man made lake. Well, she's now she's now opposed to it. Oh, she talked to right, somebody who didn't like it, so she changed her mind. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the native people that's been here for generation. How we the water is so scarce that. We just have zero scape landscaping. People go out of their way um, to save water, and this is like being hoardish. But again, like you said, in there are no educated developers that can develop uh, proper buildings here. By the way, you are correct. Well, why the hell are you still I mean- there, Sarah? <laughs> you just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast. Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.